Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful Wrestling Podcast, here with Denise Salcedo. If you guys want some behind-the-scenes stuff, I'll chop off the first end of this butchered podcast and post it on Fightful Select. But my God, uh, you can hear about Denise's time at, at Bellator, which was plenty fun, the selection show, all that, and now my audio will be fixed. Blame Windows, blame the update. More than anything, blame Google, because it's all their fault. It's always Google's fault. But we had the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, Denise. Everything changes this week. Uh, I went to set up all the podcasts for the week last night. And I was like, wow, I don't even really need to do this until like Tuesday. I just have to set up Monday Night Raws. Uh, there, Everything's like kind of getting switched around. Does this affect your schedule, your viewing habits? How does that change things for you? Well, yeah, think about it. Like with Wednesday alone, that's four hours of wrestling that I have to fit into the schedule now. And I just know that I'm going to have to be like watching things like at odd times. I might not be able to see certain things live because of work and all of that. So it does sort of affect it in that sense. But it's also kind of be like, what do you watch first? What do you what are you, are you going to be like? I don't I don't have two TVs, you know, so it's just going to sort of like depend on. And now Denise is frozen on my end, or you were uh, briefly. Now, now you're okay. okay. But we'll right. go. We'll go. Sorry, get... you ca- we keep going in and out right I now. I know. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. My God, uh, it's Google's Mine just fault. Keeps popping up and it says poor connection. So I don't know. Eh, we'll, we'll get through the show. Clover vibe. Thank you for the super chat. Eloquent says Jerry Lawler is very annoying on commentary. Well, let's go ahead and get into that commentary. Much different this go around, Denise. Vic Joseph, Dio Madden. Uh, Jerry Lawler, uh, Dio Madden, for those who don't know, the former Brennan Williams, an NFL player uh, turned pro wrestler, highly touted prospect out of Booker T's school, uh, now in the commentary booth. He and Vic in the heat of things sounded very similar. Like, it was it was kind of hard to tell them apart. I don't know if that's the WWE method of, like, kind of homogenizing everybody, but there were some times where I think Jerry Lawler really lended to this. Like, the beatdown, I thought it was good. But then there were other things that he said, like when he was like, oh, well, marriages and wrestling rarely work out, like Otis, Dozovic. And I'm like, Jerry, you dumbass. Otis won the weighted deadlift and the, I think, the bench press at the 2017 NXT Combine. He won the, or he was second place in weighted pull ups. That big bastard. He's very athletic, he's very strong. That was that was ridiculous. There were some things that he said like, oh, well, I guess we're starting off raw with a universal title match. Well, you weren't, Jerry. There was some stuff he was just off on. What do you think about this new commentary trio? So my thoughts on the commentary was for the beatdown, I noticed that uh, that, Jer- that Jerry was sort of, 
he was kind of left on his own on that one. I kind of didn't really feel any support from 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 Vic or from Dio uh, in that portion. But then afterwards, once we came back from that commercial break, it sort of seemed like Vic Joseph kind of came back into that groove. Um, I kind of felt like Dio was a little nervous at some points. Uh, I don't feel like I heard him as much, and I could kind of tell I could tell the difference in their voices with Vic and him. Uh, so, but I just kind of felt like maybe he was sort of stepping into that groove at first because I did notice the nerves, maybe not saying as much, you know, that sort of stuff. And I just kind of felt that at the beginning it was noticeable that 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 Jerry Lawler was sort of left by himself to sort of put over what happened to Dominic and Rey Mysterio during that portion. So I even kind of it kind of felt a little awkward because I was like, why aren't they saying anything? I was like, someone say something. Uh, but then afterwards, it it. It got better, but I think that the issue is it's it's just that there are two different styles of commentary. They're doing two different things. The energy level and what they're saying is very different. Like Jerry Lawler has more of like, you know, uh, it's just it doesn't very complement them all very well, and I think they just need to find their chemistry. Yeah, also we saw uh, as we launched the, the season premiere of Raw, a new set. Pyro, a lot of things that were familiar, a lot of new things. What did you think of the new quarter pipe set they had going on there? Oh, my God, I loved it. I actually am a big fan of all of the – I love how big the production looked. I love the sides. I'm not sure, like, what you call that, but I like how they extended the sides, and, you know, you can see, like, the rows and stuff. I thought that it looked so much more grand, and I feel like even when they shift, like, for example, they start doing, like, the camera behind the wrestler, it looked really good because of the bottom portion that was added. So once we get those angles, it'll look even better. Clover Vibe sends a super chat and says, while the color kissing barrier has been broken before, it's usually a white man kissing a minority woman. How hashtag woke is WWE to have Bobby Lashley make out with Lana in front of her husband on live TV? I don't know if woke had anything to do with it. I I have no idea what the hell WWE was thinking. Not, Not because of a color situation here. But because that was a weird, just, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. They tried this once. It did not work out. You're, we'll get to your thoughts on that. But, yeah, I don't think that Woke had anything to do with it. Zachary Schimmel says, we all know that Melissa messed up the tech. Yes, Melissa is also a great person to blame. Anthony says, the new set looks like a giant skateboard ramp. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. It does. Uh, Rob Wilkins says, shout out to Kyler and his family. I've been begging for Rusev to come back, and this is what I get. This is why we can't have nice things. Oh, what a bummer. Um, Connor O'Neill says, can you imagine taking your first bump in WWE, and it has to be from Lesnar? Well, that's what Dominic just did. Man, let's go ahead and talk about that. Lesnar showed up. Whipped Rey Mysterio's ass, but then he went and grabbed Dominic. And I gotta say, Dominic bumped his ass off Denise. He did great. He really did. That spot where he hit his back against the turn button against the turn post. My back was hurting after that spot. I was just like, wow. And I really love this beatdown because, like you said, Dominic sold it very well. It, it it was that Brock Lesnar that we like to see where he just comes in and he dominates, you know, obviously an innocent person being Dominic in this case. And uh, I thought it played off really well. And even throughout the show, and even when they did that weird siren, you know, afterwards, that was a little bit different. But, it, you know, it worked out to sort of they kept pushing the storyline you know throughout the entire show yeah i you know i haven't seen any bumps from dominic before don't have any idea the only thing i've really seen of him is his terrible promo he had a few months ago but i thought he did amazing uh there was a clear botch at one one of them where i think that maybe uh lesnar was going for an f5 but then just tossed dominic up ran him into the post threw him around Dominic landed about as well as he could on every single one of those. I was so impressed. Uh, I know a lot of people think it's just, oh, Lesnar throws you up and whatever happens, happens. No. Go back and look at how Dominic based out and was ready to spread out and take that impact everywhere on that German suplex. It was real good. Dominic took an ass whipping to an incredible level. I'm not saying that Brock Lesnar wasn't over. I'm just saying that Dominic got Brock Lesnar even more over. And that is not something that somebody who doesn't work is often able to do in that situation. And Dominic did it so well. I can't put him over enough, Denise. I I was so pleasantly surprised with this. 
Yeah, and I really like this because, you know, I sort of put myself into the mindset of, you know, I sort of put myself into like a kid's mindset when they see this and they see, you know, Brock Lesnar pull out a guy from the crowd and, you know, sort of knowing that he's like, you know, not a wrestler and, you know, basically dismantling him like that to me is very impressive coming also from that perspective. And I don't know. I just that, that was one of the things I thought about, because I know if I was watching this as a kid, I would be thinking like, oh, my God, Brock Lesnar is a monster. And I cannot believe that he did this, you know. Drake Riggs sends a super chat and says, great meeting you this week, Denise. Congrats on your hometown getting some MMA action. Sean, do you ever plan on covering any major organization shows? Yeah, if, if there are some in the Midwest or if there's a major crossover thing like Brock Lesnar goes back and fights or something like that, I'll probably probably do that. Andrew Thomason says, I wish New Day was on Raw so the non-competing member could play game on the Raw stage during matches. That I'm, I'm interested to see how the new stage does get integrated into all that because we don't know what all it can do yet. And we've got the pyro back. And that was not something that I cared that much about. But we also saw new graphics and things like that. This stuff will mean like nothing to me in a few weeks. But it was very cool for me to see tonight, Denise. What do you think? I agree with you, too. I mean, I, I saw your tweet about what you said, like, you know, the basically the nice facelift that this all has. But I just think it's fun to because, you know, the way I see it, it's like pyro is cool for the people in the audience, yeah. specifically because it boosts your energy up. So, you know, the second you hear the pyro, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're on and cheer really loudly, you know, like we're on raw. And I feel like it gives people that that emotion so that you know, they're not bored or they're not sitting there just kind of like, you know, killing it. And then, you know, the people watching it back home are like, oh, God, this crowd's dead. No, because that that's just a little way to sort of boost people's energy and really get them excited about being there. So for me, I like that the pyro is back and with the new set good because you know they're pushing this new uh season so you know we talked about it like oh new season like that's weird okay switch it up add some new stuff it all works yeah uh Lawler calls Dominic a teenager he is actually 22 years old but overall I thought Lawler sold this beat down pretty well he had a sense of urgency that, that Vic maybe didn't have uh Rey Mysterio was seen carrying or helping uh Dominic off or seeing him to the hospital he will not be returning for the night. Paul Heyman backstage apologizes for Brock Lesnar's actions, but blames Vince McMahon for allowing him to schedule Brock Lesnar on Raw. I thought that was a good heel thing to do. Like He apologized, but he was like, I'm, I'm just sorry because it's somebody else's fault. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he mentioned Vince's name on that. Yeah, the thing is, when Vince isn't on TV, a lot of times, I don't want to speak for him, but a lot of times it seems like he doesn't want himself mentioned at all, which is uh, a very, very interesting Michael Morgan says Lawler replaced should be replaced with any other human being. There now there are a few people worse. Let's not just say anybody. <laughs> Ralph the Ace says the ending felt mistimed. Lashley waited forever. Uh, Rusev as well. Not to mention that if that's my wife, I'm attacking. A delay in Fiend appearing. Plus, loved the pyro. Well, I mean, it depends. We don't know what's been going on with Rusev and Lana. Maybe they've been broken up for like six months, and we just don't even know about it. Like maybe. Rusev's just over it, and he's like, eh, I don't know. What do you think, Denise? I think my issue with this is that it makes you wonder, how do these storylines work now in a social media age? You know, if you go back to when, Do when Dolph Ziggler and Rusev were feuding a while back, and then Lana joined up with Dolph Ziggler, and, you know, they're out there, you know, being a thing, and then on Twitter, you have Rusev and Lana essentially getting engaged and all of that. So it sort of defeats the purpose from what you're seeing on TV. So I don't know how I necessarily feel about these types of angles uh, and with these specific storylines, just because you don't know... It's hard to believe them when you're seeing something separate on social media. And then the whole thing with Bobby Lashley Bobby Lashley, and, and Lana, I was just like, wait, why is this happening? Yeah. And I need to know what the backstory is for this because it's just as wacky and as crazy as the whole thing with, with Maria and Mike Canales. Depeche Mode, or no, it's Depeche Mode, says, rest in peace, Rusev's WWE career. Oh, we'll talk about that, but I don't... I don't think it's done. Thank you, Justin Smith, for the super chat. Uh, Eloquent says, what's WWE going to do with Tom Phillips and Byron? I don't know. Um, I know that Tom Phillips, at least at last I heard, was supposed to get into some production. But that is a very vague, like, 
wide term from WWE. Like that, that could mean any number of things. Sasha Banks defeated Alexa Bliss. Becky Lynch comes out on commentary, and it really felt like the focus of this match was on commentary and Becky Lynch instead of what was going on in the ring. Uh, what did you think? I thought it was. I, I thought, given the fact that they promoted this match so heavily, that it should have gone a lot longer. It was interesting that she went, you know, a few like way longer, maybe like ten, fifteen minutes with Nikki Cross, but then didn't do so with Alexa Bliss, even though this was a promoted match and you know considered a yeah. bigger deal. And Alexa still, you know. A bigger star so it's almost like should have they have switched that should have just or maybe Sasha Banks should have just beat them both quickly back to back so that was a little interesting to me the work here is pretty good but it really seemed until this point Dio Madden had barely talked Lawler was really frustrating because Becky stood up on the table and Lawler like six times was like Becky you told me in the back you wouldn't do this you told me in the back you wouldn't do this and, like, this went over a commercial over him yeah. saying this. Uh, I-, I love the finish. <laughs> Sasha was like, Bailey, come in here. But Bailey's not there. So she kicks Alexa in the back of the knee. And they're like, oh, she stole one from Alexa. And I'm like, no, she was smarter than Alexa. Like, that's it. Like, she didn't cheat. There's nothing illegal about what she did. She just was smarter. So Sasha Banks gets the win. Becky Lynch comes down and ends up running off Sasha and says the odds will be evened up at Hell in a Cell. Then backstage later on, Sasha cuts one of the weirdest promos. I I hate when they say, you see, and Sasha is one of the worst offenders. Sorry, Sasha stands. Please, I do you all a lot of good, so please don't come after me. But she says it twice in the promo. Then she's like, you call yourself the man. Well, there have only been two women's Hell in a Cell matches, and I was in the first so no man's going to win this. And I was like, what the hell was the point of that? I have no idea. That was so weird. And it was, it, the, the match was fine. I mean, you had the tag, another tag champion losing again. These tag champions have been beaten down real bad across all brands. But uh, how, did you, how did you think they did in building up this match for Sunday? Keep in mind, one of three announced matches. We can't even make predictions on this show because there aren't enough matches announced. You know what? I think that I think so far that's what I was thinking about while I was watching Raw today. I was like, wait, how many matches have officially been announced for Hell in a Cell, or am I missing something here? That I just not get the memo, you know? So I do kind of feel that way about that. Um, in terms of everything going on with the tag match, I I do like the build that ever, how everything's been coming along. So I don't have like anything like bad or negative to say about that. Yeah, uh, when I was trying to figure out with this new schedule, okay, when are we going to make pay-per-view predictions? It's like, well, it's going to be tough on Wednesdays. We're covering two shows. Uh, the, the show with Jimmy Van, it'd be tough because we're talking news. Friday, that wouldn't give us a lot of time to put the video out there. And I was like, okay, we'll do it on Monday. And I looked at the match listing, three matches announced. Damn. So I wonder how exactly they're going to they're gonna fill all this out. I guess we'll see. Make sure you guys leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe. We're getting close to that 20,000 subscriber mark. So help us uh, push over the top if you all don't mind. We have a super chat from Ross Gould who says, well, we'll get to it. We'll get, uh, we, we can cover that segment now, actually. The Sands of Time, part four, Hogan versus Flair in a real life casket match. Oh, my God. That's tasteless, Ross. So just so you know, uh, Denise, we call every Saudi Arabia event Sands of Time because that was the rumored name going around for, I think it was Crown Jewel last go around. Go to shop.fightful.com, get your Sands of Time gear. Thankfully, WWE did not trademark that. Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Jimmy Hart, they all come out and shoot the shit with The Miz on Miz TV. Ric Flair being kind of a dick. It's like, I'm tired of hearing this music. I'm done with it. And him and Hogan, like, get face-to-face, and the crowd gets to their feet, Denise. That was wild to see. I mean, you had I'm, I'm sure you knew at that point nothing physical was going to happen there. They did not want Ric Flair to die. No, no, definitely not. You know, I actually like the segment. I think it took a second to sort of, like, 
because it kind of got a little clumpy. I don't know if clumpy is the right word, but it got a little a little weird, you know, in between some portions where I didn't really understand what they were saying or where where it was going or what the purpose was exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, all I was noticing right away was that you can tell the Miz was really marking out during this. Like he was looking at both of them and just being like, "I'm like right in between Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and this is awesome." You can really sort of see that twinkle in his eye about that. Um, but I did like how everything sort of played out where they you know they mixed in you know the younger talent and with rick flair and hulk hogan and then the whole team hogan team flair thing i was like okay and now i get why this was happening but it took a while to get there so they announced that team hogan versus team flair is happening at sands of time with a five on five match this is a few weeks before survivor series so i would like to believe that wwe will tie this into survivor series However, history repeating itself as often as it does, I don't believe that WWE will. But we get the first few announced opponents. We have our uh, members. Seth Rollins is on Hogan's team as the captain. Orton is on Flair's. And Orton being on Flair's makes a ton of sense with the Evolution connection. I love that. King Corbin will be on Rick, or, yeah, Rick Flair's side. And they start beating down Seth Rollins. Rusev makes the save. I don't believe he was announced for a team he just made the save. And this was... But then, towards the end, though, he's with Hogan, so I assumed that he was with yeah, Hogan. But uh, I, I feel like it was a safe assumption, maybe? Yeah, but I mean, also, a lot of people assume that he was the father of Maria Canales' kid, which we found out later he's not. So, so WWE short-term booking, who knows? And I was like, well, first off, how did Orton and Corbin know that he was coming to attack them? Like, maybe he was just coming down to get a piece of Rollins some more. Like... What what in history has has led them to believe it'd be Rusev? Well, backstage, Rusev says, hey, I'm the only person to help you, Seth. I want a title match tonight. I love that. They made sense of that. They explained why Rusev would put himself in danger to help a guy that he has no real reason to help, but he saw an opportunity and he took it. This should be the bare minimum for every storyline. Make a little sense. I love this, Denise. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree. I like that. He would not detail why Lana wasn't around either. Which... I liked I liked that portion where he just paused and he just didn't say anything. I thought that was really good because I was kind of like, because oh, I had the, what is he going to say? Like, he left me hanging, like, for a moment. Like, he had that extra pause where I was like, wait, is he going to say? Like, are they divorced? What's happening? Yeah. Nikita Krylov fan says, when did Rick become a 17-time champion? A long time ago. WWE just doesn't count them correctly, but they did have it listed as 17-time champion on this graphic. Uh, Tank Bearclaw says, WWE says, let's cram in all these storylines. Yep, that that is how it happens a lot. Uh, we see another AOP promo. How are you liking these? I love them. Oh my gosh, they're so good. I like everything. I like that they're changing it up every single week because this is what the third one we've seen now. I think. I believe so. And uh, because the first one, they were basically saying how you know all the men on Raw were essentially softer, the tag teams, and that you know they wanted to have a real fight. But then this time, they're talking about you know violence, and they're just really putting out, they're really putting over the term violence and what violence means and how they live for violence. It was sort of poetic, and I thought that was really cool because I was like, okay, I think two badasses would find violence poetic, and that's sort of what I got from this one. Viking Raiders defeated the OC. I think the OC have gone winless in four matches against the Viking Raiders. And at this point, I'm done with the feud. It's happened. It's over. Viking Raiders have clearly won it. Uh, This is hard hitting. And by the end of the match, the Viking Raiders get the crowd to make noise. But it was pretty dead throughout. Uh, Ivar woke up the crowd with a cartwheel combo and a clothesline German suplex. But... Uh, the crowd wasn't quite there for the Viking Raiders the way, the way they have in the past few weeks, although the crowd has been a lot better. Uh, how, how'd you feel about this and the OC? Not quite winning a lot lately. You know what it is? I just don't think this match was as good as last week's match. I was I was watching and I was like, oh, this is boring. And I was like, wait, that's not how I usually fear, feel during a Viking Raiders match. Like, I'm usually, like, on it and, like, more alert and waiting for stuff to happen. But this one kind of just... I think I went down along with the crowd, along with the crowd for this match. It, it just wasn't wasn't really anything, and I kind of do feel bad in terms of the OC like losing so much because you know they're supposed to be you know you know 
you know, the, the, the tough faction. They're supposed to be the bad boys, you know, going out there and kicking some butt. And it doesn't really feel like that's coming through anymore. Like, it started and then it stopped. Seems like WWE got those contracts signed and then just, like, eh. They have not won a 2-1-2 <laughs> tag match since they won the tag titles a few months ago. Uh, so that should tell you about where Gallows and Anderson are. But I'll say this. What they're doing right now is a lot better than not being on TV at all. That's true. It can, it can always be worse. Cesaro backstage is rather happy about what Brock Lesnar did to Rey Mysterio. Ricochet and his bad scripting take exception to it, but let's go ahead and talk about it. The story of the night, Cesaro's Capri joggers in the ring. He's been working in these joggers? a lot. Well, I thought they were skinny jeans. I, I, think they're, I think they're joggers. I don't know. Probably. I thought they were joggers. Uh, this Well, do you love them as much if they're Capri joggers? Because you were putting them over earlier. I don't care what they are. I really like them, actually. Okay, okay. No discrimination there. It was the talk of Twitter for, for a little bit. Have you ever competed in a sport in Capri joggers? Wait, is this a question for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yes. no. I'll, I don't even – I haven't competed in a sport since I was, like, in elementary. Well, <laughs> so I mean I – Yeah, so definitely not. Cesaro uh, just hit a really impressive tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. I loved it. There was a gorilla press into a, a knee to the face. But Ricochet wins with a springboard Dragon Rana that is a front flip into a- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hurricane Rana pin, holy crap, that was just fantastic. Not something you see a lot of in WWE, and they were like, ah, oh, Shades of Rey Mysterio. I'm like, well, Shades, Rey doesn't do that. He like He's done some, some Hurricane Rana's into a pin. He doesn't do a lot of Dragon Rana's, maybe some here and there. Uh, this was a very quick match, and I'm okay with that, Denise, because you've got to switch it up a little bit. They can't all be uh, six to ten minutes. Some of them got to be a little bit shorter. But Ricochet getting the win helps him, and I I think Ricochet, or Cesaro is kind of bulletproof in his spot. Yeah, well, see, this it didn't matter that this match was so quick and short because everything that they did in there had a reason and had a purpose and kept you entertained. So I actually really enjoyed this match, and the finish was great. I loved it. I thought it was refreshing and uh, fun to watch. Firefly Funhouse, the rabbit dies again. I thought this one was a little bit more pointless than others, but The Fiend has like got an incredible amount of buzz over the last 24 hours, especially with uh, some of the marketing they did with the WWE ads where they would like end the ad and then the flash of The Fiend would pop up. I saw screenshots of how people were reacting on Twitter like, what the hell was that? Or Reddit, and they're like, what the hell was that? That's pretty brilliant, Denise. I saw the exact same thing. I don't know. I saw it on my Twitter feed. I think some girl or something was like, guys, what is this? I think she was watching like a Chargers game or something. I don't know. I just saw the hashtag. So I probably saw something you retweeted or liked or something. But I saw the same thing and I thought, you know, it's really good to get the perspective from someone who's not a wrestling fan, doesn't know what's happening, doesn't even know anything about wrestling or, you know, I'm just making that assumption. And so it's really cool to see that person's perspective because obviously you know wwe wants to get some new fans and the fact that they're getting people's attention through this and that it's actually working that's cool yeah i dig it i I really like it 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 says a lot about this partnership and 
you know, I watched a lot of Fox throughout the time that UFC was on their airwaves, and I never saw them get pushed anywhere like this. And w, I, I'm pretty sure Fox spent a comparable amount of money per year, or, or at least would have ended up for the UFC rights that ESPN ended up getting. So WWE has got to be thrilled. Uh, this is going to be a big week for them. It was a big week for Cedric Alexander. I thought he had match of the show against AJ Styles. He and AJ just have some phenomenal chemistry, no pun intended. Uh, he hit that cartwheel drop kick. he being Cedric. Styles did the slingshot phenomenal forearm. Uh, a couple of my favorite spots. The scoop reverse DDT from Styles. The Michinoku driver from uh, Cedric. Because either one of those moves could have ended in the other way. I like that because it starts with that scoop. It was very cool. Cedric hit a neuralizer, fireman's carry kick, but then there was just an amazing series of reversals into a transition. Styles hit the Styles clash and won. I dig that this isn't like a 50-50 feud. Like AJ is pretty much dominating this feud outside of a couple of beatdowns and and tag loss, maybe a tag loss. AJ's just one of the best in the world, and I like that Cedric can hang with him, but not quite there yet. I'm okay with that. I don't think he's like lost or anything here. Yeah, there was a moment uh, during the match where we were able to see that, you know, obviously they both, like you said, they complement each other so well. It feels natural seeing them work together in the ring because they can both do that really fast pace and they can both get into, you know, certain certain spots, you know, really fast and in a, in a you know, unique way to get into them. Uh, and in this match, we did see, you know, AJ sort of have that, you know, obviously more experience, but it was just that there was just one moment. and But the rest of the match really came together. And I think hands down, it was the best match tonight on Raw, and I feel that you know if, whether it's on Raw or another pay per view. But if they really let these two guys go at it and like you know a nice lengthy match, or you know just really let them do what they want to do, oh man, I feel like they would make some magic together because they just flow so nicely together. Like it makes every time their match is over, I'm like, oh man, it's over. That sucks. I want more. I'm never gonna be happy. I'd like to see them switch it up and maybe do a no DQ match because. While they can go in the ring without that stipulation, I think it would spice it up a little bit and give people something new. Uh, Cedric has has excelled in in the ring against anybody and everybody that that he should, and I love it. I think that he's just he's doing everything he can the right way, and and I like that. And there's no shame in losing to AJ Styles in storyline. He's one of the best wrestlers the WWE has had the last four years. I mean, my God, he held the WWE title for over a year. He's held a championship for more than half of his run in WWE. And it's so funny to think of that because he's a guy that wasn't in WWE. And I feel like if they wanted him that bad, the 15 years before they had him, they could have had him, but they didn't. And now, like, Vince McMahon gets a hold of him and loves him. And I Isn't think... It crazy yeah i think That's it was so crazy i think it was jimmy jacobs that, that told me about that like vince got like one good look at aj and he was like all right we're going with this guy and like nobody in the the creative team pitched it it was vince going all right he's the next challenger for roman reigns at the time it was so it's pretty wild to see how that just adjusts and change and when vince gets somebody in front of them and sees their demeanor and how they act a lot changes i, I really dig it Lacey I Evans. Think the fact that, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Just real quick. I think the fact that AJ Styles was able to come into this, to come into the company, and you know, because I know at first they wanted him to be at NXT, and he said no. Like I am not going to come in and be on NXT. No disregard to NXT, or I mean disrespect to NXT, but you know, AJ Styles was not going to just go and you know not be on the main brand. And the fact that he had that he had so much underneath his belt, so much experience, so much you know everything that came behind him from the fan support to people in the business and the fact that they were able to recognize that and, you know, give him the push that people wanted him to see, you know, right away in the company is really awesome. And I almost feel that this is his match today with Cedric was one of his best matches that he's had in a while. And how, how, how I think we feel watching AJ and Cedric is probably sort of how we wanted to feel when he was having, um, his uh his program with Shinsuke Nakamura because I remember being a little bit disappointed with those matches and I remember the feeling I wanted to feel with those matches that I didn't feel and I sort of feel that I'm getting glimpses of that with him and Cedric and that's you know a big testimony to Cedric as well 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. The appeal of AJ Styles for so long was wasn't his promos, which are really damn good now. It was his in ring, his unbelievable in ring matches, and that was the it was sort of the appeal for Nakamura. It was great in ring, but it's also that like almost unspoken charisma that he has, where he doesn't need doesn't need to say anything, and they put it together so well in the Tokyo Dome, but it just didn't translate quite as well to WWE. Nikita Krylov fan says, do you believe we'll see who was in the limo on SmackDown or have any theories as to who it was? How about you, Denise? Everybody everybody thought it was going to be CM Punk because I posted a GIF today. <laughs> I saw that. You made some people angry or I'll, some I'll, people like, I'll tell, at you. <laughs> I'll tell you what I know off the air. I can't say it with oh, all responsibility on the air. I'm excited I would, now. If, if I could, I would. Believe me, guys, I promise. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I, after Raw was over, and I saw that on the Fightful account you posted, oh, will we ever find out who was in that limo? And I was like, oh, man, I forgot about the limo. And then I was, like, thinking who the heck was in that limo. And I was like, okay, well, obviously, if it would have been, like, Lana or somebody, then we would have seen them get out of the limo. But the fact that we didn't sort of kind of leaves that suspicion. But how does that play in afterwards? Like, if we're going to see it afterwards, wouldn't he, we have to have seen the person get out of the limo first? So I don't know. It feels like there's sort of a disconnection there. And what the hell were – why didn't they get out? Why did they come to the show to sit in the limo? That's a really pretentious, <laughs> douchebaggy thing to do. Like, that's like wearing your sunglasses indoors, like, to an extreme level. That's that's weird. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's odd. Uh, we have another super chat. Justin Smith says, just wanted to say that Denise is awesome. Love the girl power on the show. Well, hey, you know what? If you all love Denise so much, you can head over and check out her interview with Jake Atlas. That posted today. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Please do. That is probably one of my most favorite interviews that I've done in a really, really long time. Um, he gave some really great insight. I won't spoil anything. Some great insight on some current rumors that have been going on around his career trajectory uh, and why he's making or planning on making certain decisions or have all been said on that interview. Also, girl power. <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, we'll actually have an article. I put it together today on that interview. It was a very, very good interview. Really dug that. Make sure you guys check that out over on Denise's channel. Uh, really great stuff over there. Jake Atlas has become a breakout star this year, especially. And he's going to be a guy that you see all over the place. Either you're going to see him all over the place on the indies or you're going to see him all over the place on TV. One or the other. Uh, that, that's just the way it's going to go. And like Denise said, there's some big insight on that. He's going to be a secret weapon for somebody. But I'm going to tell you guys about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead when I'm low on time. It is hard to find time to sit down and read, learn more, especially with this wrestling schedule. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. But there's an incredible app that I recommend, Blinkist. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. It's really unique. Works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways, the really need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into about 15 minutes that you can just read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading lots of books. And Blinkist is made for busy people like you, like me, like Denise, who's all over the place, who want to get the main points of a book quickly, sort of like the cliff notes of everything, so you can start using that info right away. Uh, with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, uh, during your lunch break, while you exercise over 8 million people. Use Blinkist right now from self-help, Business, health, history books. It's got the latest titles from bestsellers lists as well as classic nonfiction titles that you always meant to read. But maybe you didn't have time to read. I use it when I'm in the car. Like it's, it's about a 15-minute drive to civilization where I live. And I'm able to take in a lot of stuff. They've, they've got a lot of great titles like uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Uh, they've got Start with Why by Simon Sinek. Just a ton of great books on Blinkist. And when you go to Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All of them you want for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, go to Blinkist.com slash Fightful. That's Blinkist.com slash Fightful. Get it for free for seven days and save 25% on your new subscription. 
That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Fightful to get a free seven-day trial. You'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Fightful. So go out there, tweet that link, tell everybody, tell everybody, just do it. Just go there, okay? Do it! Blinkist.com slash Fightful. Somebody's saying Blue Chew got buried. No, 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 no. Blue Chew will always be around. Denise out Blue Chewed me last week on the show. Did I really? I didn't mean to. You did. You, <laughs> you, you, saved, you saved the ad read. You saved oh, wonderful. It. I'm glad. It's always nice to get a female's perspective on that, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Some confirmation. Yes. Lacey Evans defeated Natalia. No entrances for this match. Natalia breaks Lacey's ass across the, the floor with a slingshot atomic drop. No heat for this at all. Natalia gets a reaction for yanking Lacey off the rope, but an eye gouge and a prawn pin win it for Lacey, and then she hits Natalia with the women's right. What do you got for this one? I kind of feel bad, but I just kind of felt like the crowd wasn't into it. I wasn't into it. I just feel like I haven't re- had a re- real reason to get behind either one of these girls. I don't know. That's just me. I mean... I, I I I really enjoy Natalia's work. I mentioned last week that Lacey Evans has been improving, but I don't think there's been enough yet to sort of grab me to be like really interested. So Hannah Moore says, I'm also really enjoying Denise on the show. Do you think they'll have any surprises on SmackDown since they've announced such big names already? Maybe Cena or Edge also joined Fightful Select. Thank you for the plug there. I think and it's not me reporting anything, it's just a guess. I think we'll see Edge there. Uh, the Rock, though, got announced. First off, let me let me ask you, uh, what did you think when The Rock announced himself? And two, do you think we'll see any surprises? So perfect that The Rock announced himself because, you know, obviously they're going to try to get, again, people that are maybe not casual fans of wrestling or diehard fans of wrestling that are already known that are going to tune in. And with The Rock announcing it, you know, obviously he's like Hollywood's number one leading man right now. Like, everyone loves The Rock. Like, no matter where I go, it doesn't. I talk to people that don't watch wrestling at all. They don't know anything about it, but they know The Rock. They love The Rock. No one says anything bad about The Rock. So him posting it that he's going to be on there, I think, you know, that that will get some people to, you know, go in and watch. So I kind of like the fact that he made the announcement. And as for surprises, um, I don't know. But I just feel like The Rock, with The Rock alone, like how many more surprises can you, like, you know, ask for? Yeah, The Rock is the big one. Like I had people ask me on Q&As nonstop, do you think he'll be there? Do you think he'll be there? I didn't think he was going to be there, but them getting him, they they needed to get him. The show is named after his catchphrase. Just just named. It's, you gotta. So Seth Rollins versus Rusev for the Universal Championship. It is great to see Rusev back in action. We see a fiend image before the break. Uh, some okay work. It, it's fine. Rusev plants Rollins with a swinging side slam. There's a good blockbuster. There's that stupid Jerry Lawler comment about Otis and marriages. And then out of nowhere, Bobby Lashley's music hits. Now, originally they thought they were going to get him back in November, then mid-October. They were able to get him back at the end of September. That's great news for WWE. But I don't know if this storyline is, they were up there dry humping on the stage. like, And I feel like some of the dry humping was to kill some time. That's just me assuming. Because they started to kiss, and it's like, okay, we're not ready yet. Well, we better get hot and heavy then. Oh, did, boy. Did you watch that video that went viral of Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes making out like fishes? No, I didn't. A while didn't. back? You didn't see that? Okay, well, anybody here saw that, they'll know what I'm talking about. So they did a video full-on making out like like fishes. <laughs> and that reminded me of what I was seeing today. I was like, I thought I was shocked seeing that, but then seeing this, like, I don't know. It just, just felt like really, really... Really out of nowhere, out of the blue. I didn't see it coming. When Bobby Lashley came back, I thought, oh, great, he's coming back. Maybe he's going to get himself, you know, try to get himself in the title picture. Okay, cool. Team um, Hogan or Team yeah, Flair, maybe? Yeah, work with that. And then when he sort of alluded to the fact that someone was going to come out, and he did it like two or three times, and no one was coming out. But I think we all knew, okay, he's going to go ahead and say it's Lana, that Lana's coming out. And, you know, 
as we were waiting, I knew that it was going to be Lana. I had a feeling it was going to be Lana. And then once it was Lana, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I had a feeling, but come on, you know. And uh, But I did kind of like how this made uh, Rusev look because this made – like, I felt bad for Rusev. I was like, yeah. dude, that's, that's your wife. That's your woman. We love you guys together. You know, you guys have been through – Thick, whatever, thick and strong, whatever the saying is, thick you know, and, and uh, <laughs> thick and thin. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I was like, what is it? Um, so I just really, 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 really need a backstory for this one because it's all over the place. So much happened in this last few minutes of Raw. Yeah. Oh, man. So while this is going on, The Fiend shows up and puts a mandible claw on Seth Rollins. This, this main event needed a lot less. It's... Because, one, we didn't see an end. Nobody lost the match. They just ended the match, right? Right. And Rusev was, like, watching them for an uncomfortable length of time. Like, why, where's Rollins? Why isn't he winning the match during this? What What so, the hell? I don't know if maybe you thought this. Maybe I watched too much drama. But the from the way that Rusev looked during the, that backstage interview and the face that he had... Uh, towards the end of Raw, it's almost like if he knew, like he knew they were an item, but he didn't think that they would come out and flaunt it. Because he kind of had, like, he wasn't like all upset, like how Mike Canales was when Maria would say, oh, you're not the father. And he would get all mad and hot. Like, what are you saying? No, he was calm. He was just very serious looking. And maybe he, they're going to allude to the fact that he already knew. Because even in that promo, he did mention that uh, he's having problems at home. That's all we knew. So, man, it's just an, a theory. If if I wasn't told to separate uh, the Blinkist and Blue Chew reads like significantly, that would have been the ultimate Blue Chew segue. I could have just blamed it, blamed it on that. Oh man, so I I don't I I can already tell you I don't like the Lashley Lana storyline. The reason I don't like it is because. Historically, WWE has never been able to do these right. Never. Never. And I just don't have the faith in them to do it. As much as I like Paul Heyman creatively, oh, man. I I say this, I'm glad Lana's theme is back. That's cool. I like her theme. It's nice. But uh, we do have Hell in a Cell this Sunday. And you know what? To hell with it. We're going to go ahead and make our predictions for the three matches that are announced for this show. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan against the former Bludgeon Brothers, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan's been winning an awful lot lately. He's beaten both Bryan and Roman Reigns. Do you think they get it done here, or is it Reigns and uh, Bryan winning? I think it's Reigns and Bryan. It makes more sense. It does. And, I mean, if you're going to launch a, a whole new new network and all that stuff, Reigns and Bryan are tried and true. You, you go with them. Keep them strong. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, Hell in a Cell, Raw Women's Championship. Now, we could very well see Sasha Banks or Becky Lynch win this, and then five days later, one's drafted to another brand. They're not around each other anymore. Can't do a return. With all that into consideration, who do you have winning this? It's got to be Becky Lynch. I Even though, you know, Sasha is hot and all of that, she's not nowhere near as hot as Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is just... It's, it's, there's no one right now at Becky Lynch's level. If I were them, I'd play off of what's in canon about Sasha Banks throwing tantrums and all that. I would play off of that if she loses. Play off of it as best you can. Keep Becky Lynch strong. Yeah. Seth, Seth Rollins defends the Universal title in a Hell in a Cell match against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. It seems like they booked themselves into a corner if they don't have the fiend win and if they do have him win what do they do with him afterwards but i've not seen any single character get quite the buzz out outside of becky lynch becky lynch got that kind of buzz last year and this year but on the male side of things i haven't seen a single male character get that type of buzz in quite a while uh how do you think this one goes it's got to be Bray Wyatt for sure because, again, he's hot. 
We already know what Seth Rollins has been as a champion. I don't really think that the people are really as sold for him being the champion. They don't really care as much. So why not kick it off strong and have have it be Bray Wyatt? That way people can be like, okay, he's champion. Now, I know the chase is all, you know, the, 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 the money's in the chase and all of that. But I think with this one, I think you just got to go ahead and give it to Bray. Yeah, I think I think they got to go with a different approach. They got to try something new. They got to try something different. Whatever they're doing with the Fiend cannot be traditional. It cannot be the same wrestling that we've seen for 30, 40, 50, 60 years where they do that thing. It, they got to take a different new approach with this guy and this is it, it seems like every few years they have another new chance with Bray Wyatt. They got a whole another opportunity with this guy. Because he is such a creative person, and his introduction led people to be more forgiving of the mistakes they make with his booking. I think they could have rocked with the deliverance type of gimmick for a long time, and it could have been really well. The way I've explained it to Alex on on shows in the past, like it's hard to make a new Undertaker, because it's just hard to do that in 2019. But he can be like the, the final boss of a horror movie, and it works out. Horror movies are... One of the least expensive, most successful genres there are. One of the most profitable, most surefire way to make money is to spend five million bucks on a horror movie and just rake in the cash. WWE's doing that right now with a creepy mask and some some good production, and I can respect that. That is this Sunday. I'll have Jeff Hawkins on the post show. Don't forget this Wednesday we have the Wednesday Night War podcast. We have Listen Your Boy, and this Friday the season premiere. Of SmackDown, and it's a loaded show. Myself and Warren will be here. Kofi versus Brock. You've got all kinds of people on this show. Denise, what do you have going on this week? All right, so I have something interesting coming up, but I can't say what it is. Mm. So you'll just have to keep an eye out. You can keep an eye out on my Twitter and my Instagram and my Facebook, and I'll most likely be talking about it later on because I'm pretty excited about it. So okay. yeah, at underscore Denise Salcedo. Of course, you all can see. Oh, and YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo as well. Yeah, that's kind of an important one, too. (laughs) Yeah. Check check out her interview. Check out all of her interviews. It's great stuff. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe, guys. Most importantly, check out FightfulSelect.com. That's the most direct way you can support us. You subscribe to that, and you can ask as many questions in a QA and a as you want. Jimmy Van's got one this week. I've got one this week. Uh, asking Jimmy Van questions is a good way to learn about Fightful Business. Uh, he's ran wrestling companies before. He's covered wrestling for decades. Give it a look, guys. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.